I'm Geraud Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible, but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up when it all kind of just unraveled. And I thought it would last forever and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farrelly on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I think like people perceive the arts as kind of like a pub game. The associated with beer bellies. It's a drinking boys game. But as you've seen, it's it's totally different to that. Katie's the first girl born in her family in 125 years. She's going to be the next big women's player. Possibly the world's best. People that don't know her, they're in for a treat. So the first question, what is darts? Um... I don't even know how to answer that, lads. In a sense, I think we're about there nearly 24-7. If I can just put in the hard work and the dedication, nothing's impossible. It's the biggest tournament in junior darts. Just absolutely annihilate. He doesn't want to play you. Hi, girl. You're just as good, if not better, than half of the lads. So if they want to moan, they can step up and play and then see how it turns out. Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of FNI Rap Chat with myself, Paul Webster. Hope everyone is doing well out there and minding themselves. Um, weather getting a little bit better very slowly, making things a little bit easier. And people looking forward to hopefully getting back into the swing of filming and a bit of normality hopefully over the next coming months. Um as we mentioned before, uh, the new service that was launched, Minding Creative Minds, which is uh, specifically catering towards the, the mental health of creatives in Ireland. Um, so check that out if you feel you need uh, someone to talk to and someone who understands the landscape of the creative industries. Um, at least we have something to look forward to. We have Diff uh, kicking off in... Uh, early March. Um, no, it's not the quite quite the same as having an in-person real festival. We all can't wait to get back to those. They're absolute soul food for filmmakers. But the next best thing uh, is the virtual festivals. And I have to say I've been very impressed by the Irish festivals, how they've taken up the mantle and uh, refused to not have a festival and and do interesting things so very excited to see what Diff come up with and the programme looks amazing um, in particular looking forward to seeing the shorts as always and that brings us nicely to our guest today Peter O'Brien um, Peter is a uh, mostly c- commercials director and documentary director uh, he working with Motherland um, some of you might remember Ross Colleen former guest on the show, um, director of the award-winning short doc 99 Problems, uh, so he contacted me to let me know about their, the new short directed by uh, Peter O'Brien, also known as P.O.B., and the film is called Seven Feet, and it's about uh, Irish teen dart sensation Katie Sheldon from Talib, and it is fantastic short it's uh it really packs a punch um 
diving into the pretty unknown world of, of youth darts. It's uh, pretty serious stuff. And um, Katie's a, a brilliant character. And it's interesting to hear from Peter the kind of the genesis of how that project came about and how it developed, how it started as one thing and ended up as another. Um, so that's, yeah, it was a really nice conversation. Um, before I go, uh, if anyone wants to sign up to the buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI, it is a, a membership scheme for only five euro a month. Uh, you can avail of uh, various supports from FNI, including um, ment- a mentorship scheme um, and uh yeah, all their proceeds go towards helping us do what we do here at FNI. So, without any more waffle from me, let's go to Peter O'Brien. So, Peter, we're joining you on this recording. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, what mode are you in at the moment? Uh, you're kind of prepping, hopefully, for, for work that's going to come up when things get going again. Is that right? Yeah, so working at the moment on a few a few treatments and stuff like that and, and kind of getting prepped when we can actually get out there and film again, hopefully, sooner rather than later. And what's mainly your focus at the moment? So at the moment, I mean, I just finished off my doc and it's doing the festival festival circuit, which is great. But uh, at the moment, I'm just kind of hoping to get some, a few more commercials on my belt this year. And then, yeah, hopefully work on another short doc project. And then hopefully that leads into hopefully doing something a bit more longer form in, in, the, in the long run. So maybe, yeah, tell us a bit about your background. Uh, really look forward to getting jumping into talking about the the short documentary but maybe just um kind of what you're what other work you're kind of known for at the moment yeah i guess i guess i'm kind of i work mostly in the commercial world so i've done a lot of like tv ads kind of the standout ones would be like alliance i did one for alliance at the start of the last year um soar was kind of a big kind of docu style one uh, for a charity and i've done other bits for red bull and kind of uh yeah, like I've, I've I've done a lot of little commercials here and there, you know. Uh, I really like the sore one. Um, maybe just talk about that. Like that's real. Uh, kind of shows your style very well, and it, you kind of you're going for kind of a, it's slick and it's commercial, but it, there's kind of a realism as well that you seem to go for. Yeah, like sore was one of those ones. It was a. Uh, the minute we got the script in from Rothko, you kind of read it and you were like, okay, this could be something really special. And you, you read the lines and you, I could just picture myself at that age in all those situations. And uh, we kind of, we kind of took the ball and ran with it. It, it. it was like a very open brief from them. They wanted me to put my stamp on it. So yeah, we went out and uh, I guess the main part of it was the casting. So we cast all the kids, they're real kids, there's no actors in it. And they're from uh, uh, Mount Temple School in the north side. And what we found with the with the casting, so I, I expected like you know five or six people to show up, but like thirty odd kids showed up to the casting, all very cool, like much cooler than I was at that age. I was like, these kids, like 
they're going to really stand out great faces just great personalities and that kind of once we had those kids locked in it was I was very excited because I knew there could be something really special here and then on the shoot the shoot days were like it was hectic it was charity shoot so you know it's, it's like low budget a lot of got to fit a lot into a very short amount of time and uh there's a shot in it um, where the light kind of comes through the window, and there's a girl sitting in a in a like an empty uh, an empty kind of school hall on her own on her phone. And we just got really lucky with the light. Like this this beam just came in, and we just hazed it up, and it shaped the light perfectly. And that was kind of the moment where on set I was like, okay, this is going to be really really special piece. You know, when you just get that little that moment yeah. or that shot, and you're like, okay, this is this yeah. is going to be something cool. <laughs> And when you had so maybe just on that on the concept for people who would know what it's about and um so you get a script and there's obviously a lot of directors like are gonna be pitching for something like that. How do you actually stand out amongst the crowd? That's a tough tough one, but I guess I guess it's just kind of you have to be as honest as you can in the treatment and you have to I think reflect on your own personal uh, feelings towards it and and I think be be as open as you can with it I think what I kind of brought to it was that a lot of the areas that I suggested the shoot in were areas that I went to when I was a teenager like a lot of the locations would have been places that I like a lot of my friends would have hung out and then I would have hung out with them over the years so I think trying to bring your own personality and your own kind of knowledge to it I think that's that's where you can really hopefully stand out in those situations um and maybe just to go back to the start uh, i think i read that you can you kind of have an in, had an interesting way um into the industry or making stuff was kind of making skate films or with your friends that kind of thing yeah yeah so i guess where my kind of uh love of filmmaking came from was i used to spend my summers down in uh down in wexford with my grandmother and uh yeah, so we had like a little crew of skateboarders down there and he skated every day for hours and hours. And uh, one year I brought down my dad's little mini DV cam and we kind of started filming. And we had like a, the project was called Banjax, which I, when I think back, that's such a lame name, but at the time it was badass. Like, and uh, we started filming, filming, filming. And uh, I started to cut together little trailers like coming soon and all this. Now the film never, ever got finished, but there's like, you know, five or six trailers online for it. <laughs> and I guess that's where I got the buzz, the, the bug of just like filmmaking and then, yeah, kind of proceeded on from there. Uh, and do you still have an interest in skateboarding or make it, would you make that kind of film? I'd, I, I love to. I mean, I'd, I'm just a bit too old now. I'm not really in the scene, but uh, I, I watch skate videos every, every single day. Like that's, I watch skateboard documentaries, skate videos online. Like that would be, my like comfort food for like videos if you know what I mean like that's yeah. that's where I'm most comfortable yeah um and then you went to Dunleary is that right yeah so I I uh, kind of did one of those portfolio uh prep courses and uh went to IDT and kind of uh I guess when I was in IDT I didn't want to be a director it wasn't something that was that was on my but when I was a little bit shyer and kind of a little more quiet and I I kind of wanted to do like sound so i i majored in in sound design and minored in documentary direction uh and then just my my minor i did like a film about my granny and her her relationship with my mother when she had alzheimer's and 
that did quite well, like won a Royal Television Society Award and like was shown at a few festivals around the world. And that kind of turned my head a little bit to directing. I was like, maybe this is something I can I can follow. But still, I still I wasn't fully convinced that I could I could do it. Um, and then, yeah, like I interned with Ross at Event Junkies for like for for a good while, and then eventually kind of made myself indispensable and got taken on full time. And then for, worked worked in like all departments, so like did editing, did shooting, did a bit of bit of small bit of directing, and you know just did any any job to keep me going in there. And then eventually got got signed onto the Motherland roster. Great, and maybe just for to let people know about. We we have had Ross on before, uh, kind of talking about Motherland and that. But you know, sometimes for filmmakers, it might seem like, oh, if I could just get represented, that I'll be set. Um, is that not really the case, or how does that work? Do you still have to try and get your own work as well? Uh, it seems very doggy dog the whole commercial world. Yeah, I guess like it, it's it's. You know, like I would pitch on a lot of things. You don't win every pitch, so you kind of have to be prepared for, you know, the rejection in that world. It's nice to have a production company behind you that will, like, push you out there. And also, what's great about Motherland as well is that they do the doc side of things as well and the film side of things. So hopefully, if if you're doing things right, you'll always have something to be working on, be it like a commercial or a documentary. You have to have, I guess you have to have those fallback projects or, or those passion projects that you want to be able to work on. Uh, outside of your commercial work yeah um but and documentary was is definitely something you're kind of focused on alongside yeah yeah definitely i i think like my style and stuff even with commercials it's all about that, those real people and those real faces and i think that kind of led into the the documentary world for me and it's just i just love um people and there's so many interesting characters out there and so many interesting stories that still need to be told. I think it's, it's, it's an exciting uh, genre to work in and, you know, it's, it's something that I hope to do more and more stuff as I go on. Um, maybe tell us a little bit more about the short that you made in college about your, your granny. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. So uh, the film was called Rose and it, which is my grandmother's name. And it uh, kind of all focuses around the relationship between my mother and my my grandmother when she had Alzheimer's. So it's we shot it all in kind of like one day down in the uh, my my grandma's in a home at the time. We shot it. Uh, my mother visiting my grandmother is basically the whole uh, story. But uh, so it was it was really like it was it was a really personal experience and really nice. And it was so nice to have such a nice crew. Like I had my fr- really close friends in college working on it, and it just felt like a lovely. It never felt like forced, and we didn't want to force the situation at all because it's obviously it's quite like personal for her mother as well um and so we shot it my mother visiting and then afterwards i recorded an interview with my mother uh here at home actually in this this room uh and i kind of just got her thoughts on how it was how it feel to you know it's 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 basically you get looked after by your mother for your whole life and then eventually you kind of have to look after your mother again and having to accept that and having to accept the the illness and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really nice personal product to work on. And, you know, I think hopefully in the future I can do something else 
around the subject of Alzheimer's. I think it's something that affects a lot of people and I have had other people in my family as well with it. So I'd love to love to do another project on that down the line. Definitely it's just it's so hard to work on those kind of projects because they're they're kind of all consuming and it's 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 so personal, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um so close to the to yeah, it it's hard to kind of did you have to kind of get some distance there or was yeah, that part so, of it? So I like I recorded the all the the kind of the footage and then I had to leave it for a little while to, until I could do the interview. Um and then basically it was I think it was for me it was too hard to even get into the edit for it. So I kinda of handed it over to a, a guy in my class, Pete, who who's really good, really brilliant editor. And uh I let him kind of do his own first draft and kind of just take it completely away from me because obviously it's so close, like you said. Um, and then once he had that first draft done, then I could start understanding it and craft a bit more. But I think I think for a lot of times with documentary, that's kind of something you have to do, you know. And I suppose it was something like that. It could have not worked as well. Were you prepared yeah. for that? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess because I, there was no wasn't a huge risk because it was only my minor like it wasn't the thing I was majoring in college so okay. like I wasn't expecting it to be amazing I was just telling something very personal and uh it just happened to uh do quite well and touch a lot of people I suppose and uh yeah I'm just delighted about it um so I might jump into seven feet uh just yeah. for listeners who wouldn't be aware just maybe give us the pitch and uh kind of how it came to be yeah, so I guess Seven Feet is the story of uh, a young girl, Katie, uh, kind of defining gen- defining gender stereotypes and turning heads in the highly competitive world of youth arts. That's the, the logline. Um, so Katie is this amazing character. She's 17 now. She was 15 when we started. And uh, she's this class Irish darts player, which is something people just don't know about the Irish darts scene at all. And I didn't know about it before I started. Um but the idea kind of came about like all kind of good ideas. It started in the pub. Um, I was in uh, the clock on Thomas Street. I was watching uh, a Champions League match with two of my mates. And it was about the 80th minute in the match. And then suddenly all the screens turned off in the clock. And I was like, oh, there's been a power cut or like there's something, something's going down here. And then screens came back on and it was a live feed of their own dartboard in-house. So the whole bar could see it, and kind of what happened. It was a visiting, uh, visiting team visiting the dart, the the clock uh, darts team, and it was kind of I, like it was a, a not. It was like a, I was getting a little insight into a world I'd never seen before. It was like a secret society kind of thing. There was these two clubs meeting, and it was just this lovely camaraderie. There was a raffle. They were getting us involved. There's a lot of other people watching it. It was just this whole world I'd never seen before. So then I kind of delved a bit more into that darts world. I was like, I, I left the pub that night thinking there's a something in this darts world. It's 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 something different. People don't know about it. And then when I kind of delved a bit more in in terms of research, I found these four kids uh, from Ireland uh, were some of the top kids ranking wise in Europe and the world. So that's how the idea kind of started and it kind of blossomed from there. And then was it, when did you find Katie then? Yeah, so I I, I found, the, there was three guys, there was Killian, uh, Keen, 
uh, and Katie. And it just, we. I started off and I, I wanted I wanted to follow, follow all four of them because I knew that the Junior Darts World Cup was coming up. So this is obviously a big event and, and they were ranked quite highly. So I thought, you know, this they could do quite well. This could be a classic kind of sports story kind of thing. And and everyone was great. We, we, we met everyone, their families, interviewed them all. And just through the process of editing and, you know, following the story, just Katie's story just came to the fore more and more. As these, as project, documentary projects, they always seem to evolve themselves. They, the story always shows itself in the end. And uh, we just found that Katie's kind of story, like a girl in a, in a world that is really dominated by men, uh, was just, was just too interesting not to not to take up you know yeah and so did you start kind of filming stuff or how did you develop the relationship say with katie and the other darts players and and katie's family yeah so it kind of started out the way we did it filming wise is we we i did like i went out to all their houses and just did like a base interview an audio interview with them and we did that and with their parents and then Next time we went out, we shot a full interview and did a little bit of filming in their house and then kind of went to a couple of competitions, shot them at a couple of competitions and just kind of got the relationship going there. And then it was time to go to Gibraltar to the World Cup, went over there for three days and shot. And then it wasn't until we kind of got back to the editing suite and we tried different stories and we were trying loads of different things with it that Katie's story came more and more to the fore. And then we went out and shot like a pickup day, two pickup days with Katie and kind of got more in depth with her and like her story and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it, how it all rolled. Interesting. So your initial pitch wasn't necessarily about her. It was about the whole team. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was initially just about the kind of that kind of changing, changing the people's perception of the sport. You know, people think it's like, beer bellies and poor scratchings and a pub game when it, it's actually these young kids are showing the sport in a new light and kind of you know honing their skills and taking it super seriously um but it's it was just one of those things that especially with the with the the screen Ireland funding it's only 10 minutes and it just it was impossible to represent all these people correctly like they're so they're great personalities in their own right so it just was impossible to split it up that way so we kind of had to choose one and it just Katie's stories of story needs to be told in terms of just you know that kind of defining those gender stereotypes and stuff like that it's just it's just something that's so relevant at the moment and so important interesting and you said the so you did an audio kind of base interview first and was that just just kind of getting to know and not wanting to have the pressure of the cameras exactly yeah and it's something that i've used a lot in like doc even docky kind of commercial things i think like audio only interviews can sometimes really really work for people that aren't used to be in front of cameras and they're just something that makes people open up more there's not that big kind of lens that they can see the reflection in facing them you know what i mean it's 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 just you it's conversation it's cup of tea you know what i mean i think those base interviews are really good in terms of just you get all the questions out of the way that don't really matter too much you know they're just those ones that you're like how long have you been doing it all that kind of stuff that are fine for building a story but then you want to get into the meat of it so you get that out of the way and then by the end of that interview you're kind of learning more and more and you kind of get much more of their character i suppose starts to come out and then you when you go back to actually shoot the interview 
you know what questions you can get the good ones out of or you can say oh i think i need more of that and it, it just gives you a good base to to work off i suppose and in terms of the pitch it's always good for listeners just who to hear about experiences going especially in front of screen ireland um how was that process was there anything different that you brought or any like did you or did you just go in and do a straight pitch how did that all work out for you yeah so it was we're delighted to be even called in for a pitch you know you when you when you send those applications in you you just don't expect here even if you love the product you don't expect here and back but uh when we heard we were going back and we we're going for an interview we wanted to bring something more to it so um i had gone out before like before the interview week before the interview i'd gone out to meet the kids again and i kind of met them at a competition and chatted to them and you know just just got them fully involved like i'd talked to them before and but this is just to lock them down because i was going into this interview with screen ireland and then i worked with my editor laura briggs um on like a little mood reel for it uh so it's like a like a 60 second mood reel of kind of dart stuff and, and bits with the bits that I found online of them and just kind of general mood pieces and stuff like that so we had that put that together and that seemed to go down really well in the interview and then it was just all about uh, telling my story and you know hoping they liked it which they did thankfully cool. <laughs> um was there anything we kind of talked about you know finding the story or finding the focus was there anything else that was kind of an unforeseen challenge or something that you weren't that weren't expecting um i guess there was so like i suppose i've learned so much from it i think going into a story and thinking you're going to do it about four people and then doing about one is probably not the ideal way to do i would not recommend people do that um because there's just too many options even when we were shooting at in gibraltar like we were trying to cover two games at once and like in retrospect, if I would go back and I had just done it about Katie, I could have covered off so much more stuff. Now, thankfully, we had enough, but that's definitely a thing I would say is like, you know, make sure you know your story before you go into it because, yeah, it, or, or have a more of a, a focused idea because it, it's it's tough. And then I suppose our other thing was that uh, just on our last day of filming with with Katie, uh, that was when like Leo Varadkar Leo like put Ireland to lockdown for the first time so we'd literally just having lunch on our last day of filming and on the screens above us was him doing his big speech like we're going into lockdown so it was like that was tough in terms of editing like we got through it and we we eventually were able to go and like be at a distance and, and edit but we had to do a lot of it online like over zoom and stuff like that and try and screen share and everything so that was definitely definitely tough and slowed slowed the process down but uh thankfully we uh, had laura who's a brilliant editor on board so she she was able to pull it in shape yeah jesus um and we're going to gibraltar like it's fairly you know it's a tight enough budget you got a, a foreign trip was that it must have been fairly pressurized to get it, it was on? it was yeah and it like it it, it was not a glamorous trip <laughs> you know it was uh it was like it was very much you know tight and we we knew I suppose there was there was pressure as well because everyone before going into it uh, was like, oh, Ireland are definitely going to win. Like everybody was telling us, like not even just the guys we were interviewing. It was just everyone in the darts were like, Ireland are all set up to win. They have the best players. Like, um, So I was going into Gibraltar being like, 
okay, perfect end to the story. They're going to get to the final. We're going to finish on shots of them lifting the trophy. It's going to be unreal. Um, and then when they got, it actually happened because there was a problem with how they did the brackets after the group stages that they met. They weren't supposed to meet the Dutch in the quarterfinal, but it was just a mess, mess up of the brackets. So when they met the Dutch, it was like, oh no, maybe they won't win. And then they didn't. And it was just kind of like, it was a bit of a shock on the trip because I was like, "How? What, where's the story? Like, what? How's this going to end?" So you kind of start thinking on your feet and just like, just I was like, "Just we're just trying to cover as much as we can the next few days." I know they have other little matches they're going to play and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was that was definitely definitely tough. Okay, and um, how have have they all seen it, or how did you? How were you nervous about showing it to them at all, or did you think, "No, they're gonna they're gonna dig this." I think that I think they're all gonna like it. We like had a final viewing with uh, with Katie and her dad. We sent them the link uh, and kind of did it over Zoom and kind of chatted to them. And like they actually had their camera on while they were watching it, and they 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 looked so happy. So I was like, Phew, that's always a real scary moment, showing like this is what you're like on camera. It's like showing someone themselves. Um, but they were delighted. Like um, I think Katie was really happy that you, we were able to show her story properly and like. Her favorite part, she said, was the at the end after she'd lost and when she got to talk about all her friends and how it actually it, it means much more than winning. She was like, she was like, that is exactly what, how I feel about Dart. So it was nice to, to have that validation by the person who it's about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so people will get a chance to see it soon. Yeah. So it's going to be at the Dublin Film Festival on the third to the fourteenth of March. Unfortunately, it's all on, online this year, but. Uh, it's part of the Screen Ireland Shorts program, and uh, yeah, tickets are available online. Cool. And what's next for you? I guess next, I like I have a few kind of ideas in the pipeline. I would love to get another short documentary under my belt, whether that's Screen Ireland funded or funded by a brand or something like that. I just think you got to hone that skill as much as possible before you go put yourself into a feature, and I think you got to be honest with yourself. So I'd love, I'd love to have one more crack at a short to really craft and hone my skill. And then hopefully, uh, yeah, maybe next year, the year after get stuck into a feature. Yeah. Uh, have you gone on it? And at the moment that's, you know, it's so hard to find that feature idea that can sustain, you know, that length for a doc. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't, I'd love to do something in the sports realm. I think that's like a, it's, it's something I, I love. I'm a big sports fan. So I think it's something that I really like to do, but it's, you have to put a lot of faith into someone else's like success. If you're doing a sports story, a lot of the time they're hard to follow because they might not always win. They might not get to the Olympics. They might not get to the thing, you know? So it's, it's, it's a tough, a tough way to go, but I think they're very rewarding stories. But, I don't really have any exact idea in the pipeline, but uh, I I just I just know it's something I want I want to take on uh, sooner rather than later. Cool, well, Peter, it was great chatting to you. Best of luck, um, and congrats on the short. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I think it's going to do very well. Um, do you know any other screenings after Diff, or is that just the focus for now? Uh, it's in. It's we put it into a lot of uh, film festivals. I just haven't got any word back on anything. But hopefully, it'll do a little international run as well. All going well. So yeah, it premiered in Cork and got kind of you know special mention for best short documentary. So that's a nice way to start. And then getting Dublin kind of as the hometown debut for for a Dublin story is great. And just hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's a good year for it. And hopefully, we get we get plenty more viewings out there. Brilliant. Best of luck with it. Um, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. 
Cheers, man.